0: Welcome to Café Klingendaal, the podcast series of the Klingendaal Institute. My name is Wouter Schweers, and today I will be talking to Rem Korteweg, Senior Research Fellow and Head of the Europe in the World Unit. He is also our in-house expert on Brexit. There have been three negotiating rounds with the Ford duet to start this week. Last Friday, Theresa May gave a speech outlining her views on Brexit. That speech comes at a delicate moment in the negotiations, as the talks seem to be moving forward at the snail's pace. Rem, about Theresa May's speech. Did we hear anything new? Yes, well, first of all, thank you very much, Wouter,
1: for having me here. Um, Did we hear something new? Yes, we heard some news, though, admittedly, we heard less than I think many expected or hoped. But it's still a significant speech. Why? As you know, the Brexit negotiations have two parts to them. On the one hand, there is the Article 50 withdrawal talks. Basically, about how to settle the remaining finances, uh, financial commitments that the UK has with the European Union, um, and also sorting out, generally, the whole withdrawal of the UK from the EU. And this second element of the talks are about the ever-important future trading relationship. And now, Theresa May, in this speech, has said that she wants a two-year transition period from the moment when the Article 50 talks have ended, i.e. when the withdrawal of the UK from the EU uh, is complete. Um, And this is significant because she asks for a status quo transition A status quo transition meaning that everything more or less stays the same, that the UK will continue to benefit from full access to the single market, to the customs union, uh, but also will remain covered by the European Court of Justice, will have to accept budget payments into the EU budget, and will have to accept freedom of movement, which of course have been highly controversial issues during the referendum campaign. Um, But why is this transition phase important? That's because it's unimaginable that within the year, more or less, that is remaining, before the talks have to be finished, that the EU and the UK will be able to settle the terms of the future trading relationship. So to give businesses certainty that uh, a deal will be struck after due consideration of what is best for the future of the EU-UK relationship, it is absolutely vital that some more time is bought to allow these negotiations to take place and avoid uh, frankly what would otherwise be a very rushed set of trade talks. And given where we are in the talks, because there is a bit of a deadlock, um, it's not at all clear that within a year's time uh, very substantial trade talks could in fact be be had.
0: So, in response to Theresa May's speech, uh, what do you think that the European Union will say?
1: Well, the EU has come out, I mean, through Michel Barnier, the chief negotiator, has come out quite quickly after the speech saying that they welcomed uh, Theresa May's constructive tone, that they take note of uh, this request for a transition period, and now the terms of the transition period will also become part of the negotiations. Uh, but he also took a very um, hesitant approach saying, well, we want to see what Theresa May actually meant by some of the uh, policy suggestions she did in in the speech, particularly when it comes to the three controversial areas that currently form the deadlock in the talks. And these three are the financial settlement, the Brexit bill, so how much the UK is willing to pay uh, in terms of its uh, settling its financial commitment. The role of Ireland, the the Irish border question, is is deeply uh, controversial. Uh, And there Theresa May didn't really say that much in her speech. And thirdly, on the position of EU citizens' rights, where Theresa May said quite a bit more in her speech, but there's still uncertainty about how that can mesh with um, the uh, EU's negotiating mandate, which says that the European Court of Justice should still play a significant role in safeguarding EU citizens' rights in the UK after Brexit. So on those three core issues, which again are, are on the table right now, Barnier is saying, well, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. We'll, we, we, we'll simply wait to, uh, to get more detail from um, uh, David Davis,
0: the chief negotiator on the British side. But a transition deal sounds good. Doesn't that mean that the worst tensions in the Brexit talks are now behind us? Well, not entirely.
1: So, first of all, the EU27 and the Commission will formally have to agree to any transition deal. And though we can expect them to do this, this is still a formal step that has to be taken. Besides, any terms of a transition deal will have to be agreed within the year that is now still remaining. And so it's not simply kicking the can down the road and that the UK can simply talk about the difficult things uh, at a later moment in time, the difficult issues still have to be settled uh, and the terms of the transition deal. Now Theresa May has said that the transition deal is more or less a status quo, but there are some areas where she does want to make changes. For instance, from 2019 onwards, she wants um, non-UK citizens to register. Now there will be real questions about what registration really means. Are we moving towards a system of quotas, or is it simply the type of registration that we also see in some of the other EU member states? And that can be a part, of, uh, part of the talks. Um, so that's not clear yet. And then thirdly, not everyone in Theresa May's party, let alone in her own cabinet, are entirely happy with the transition phase. There is a huge amount of internal debate. Remember, Boris Johnson has uh, called for a much shorter transition, uh, talking about a number of months rather than a number of years. And the image that is now given to many uh, Leave voters is that uh, Brexit will be delayed by two years. So that can also create more friction inside uh, the British political system. So that's not clear either. And then finally, and this touches upon some of the elements in her speech, were left deliberately vague. It was vague how long she wants a transition deal. She said around two years, but not willing to specify a date. She was deliberately vague about uh, the amount that the UK would want to pay and this creates a um, certain level of expectation on the side of the EU. The EU now expects Theresa May to come with real proposals detailing what a transition deal looks like, how much she wants to pay in the Brexit bill, etc. If she doesn't deliver on these expectations, we could actually be in a much worse place, because she has then created the impression of making compromises without being able to deliver on them. So, no, we are not yet in a safe spot.
0: Of course, the UK has always been a strong trade partner for the Netherlands. Um, How was Theresa May's speech received in the Netherlands?
1: Well, I, I haven't seen that much commentary about uh, the, a particular Dutch response. I think that um, the current government will take the line that Michel Barnier also took and said that this is, it's good to have a, um, a constructive approach by Theresa May, but we have to wait and see. Uh, behind that, there is a discussion in the Netherlands between, um, on the one hand, the willingness and the necessity to have a clear settlement of the final Brexit bill, because the Netherlands is a net payer into the EU budget and is very concerned that it's going to have to um, pay more, even more money now that the uh, UK leaves. So it's, it's it's absolutely in the Dutch interest to get uh, a good settlement on the Brexit bill. Uh, but on the other hand, there's also a real push to want to move towards those ever so important trade negotiations. The Netherlands, after uh, Ireland, is arguably the most exposed to any trade disruption that could emerge if um, uh, the Brexit talks were to collapse, or if uh, also not enough time is spent on drafting a good trade agreement. And so, in that context, also the transition deal, the notion to have a transitionary period of about two years, will be welcomed in the Netherlands. Uh, But it doesn't mean that now the Netherlands is going to be the uh, country at the European Council that will say this is now uh, the moment to start talking about the trade talks yet. Before that, the Netherlands will also want to see real movement on, amongst others, the Brexit bill, but also on uh, the position of EU citizens' rights. There are about 100,000 Dutchmen who call London or uh, other uh, cities in, uh, in the United Kingdom their home.
0: All right, so looking at the near future, what are the next steps in the negotiations?
1: Well, so it's, this week is going to be a very interesting week. On Monday, the, uh, uh, the General Affairs Council of the European Union will be briefed by Michel Barnier on the status of the Brexit talks. And remember that uh, before the Article 50 talks started, uh, we all thought that in October, uh, so in a couple of weeks from now, Um, the EU and the UK would be ready to move to that second phase of the trade negotiations. That's not going to happen. Um, So Michel Barnier will brief the the General Affairs Council. On the 28th of September, the European heads of state will gather in, uh, in Estonia for an informal dinner. And certainly Theresa May will use that opportunity to also talk about Brexit there. At the same time, the fourth round of negotiations are going to start this week. Um, and then we have, uh, of course, the, the EU Council that we can look forward to in October, where, again, um, it was due to be the moment where a decision would be taken on the uh, uh, the phasing of the Brexit talks, but probably won't happen. And in between that, we have the Tory party conference, which will kick off in a week's time, where we will also see probably some interesting Uh, speeches and comments from uh, key figures in Theresa May's cabinet and as you know uh, at the moment it is still completely unclear whether Theresa May is able to keep all those different opinions and views among her cabinet members from Philip Hammond to Boris Johnson and David Davis all aligned. So there are a number of moments in the coming weeks where we could see real movement on the politics of, uh, of Brexit but that could be both positive as well as negative.
0: Rem Korteweg, thank you very much for these insights. I'm sure we will return to this topic in some of the next podcasts to come. If you don't want to miss out on any of our next podcasts at Café Klingendaal, please subscribe to our newsletter at klingendaal.org.